Hi, I am Ozzy Jurak. I'm the host of OzBuzz, where we interview interesting, eclectic, and successful people. And today's guest is all of these and then some. It is indeed a great pleasure to welcome Michael Campbell, the host of the best business show in North America, Money Talks at CKNW 980. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Ozzy. It's great to have a chat. Yeah, it's nice to be here. It's kind of interesting. You're so well known. I mean, wherever I go, everybody says, how's Michael? You know, don't ask me, how's Ozzy? Where's Michael? What is he doing? What's he up to? But there are no people ask, and the interesting what you do is because you're interested in making people money or at least tell them how not to lose it. Right? Yeah, we're in a very interesting time, a precarious time right now. And yeah, my goal is to protect people. Uh, we've seen it you know, for years now though, 2008, 2009. We actually talked about that in advance uh, the year before saying, the biggest credit tsunami is about to hit us. And yeah. we had a friend named Bob Hoy who does a great job. Bob and I chatted about that, another fellow named Peter Grandich. Uh, these are the kind of systemic problems I worry about, that people are going to be roadkill. Like you wait, Ozzy, it's right now, we're talking, you know, we're coming to the end of 2019. Road kill, so not easy recovery. Yeah, not easy recovery. And people just have to be aware of these things. And that's sort of what I've been doing for years, is trying to, you know, as best I can, give objective financial advice and investment advice and talk about what the big pictures are and economic advice, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, hence, and, and money no, talks. <laughs> and of course, uh, I mean, you know, you, um, you're an undergraduate of Carleton University in UBC and then you followed that up with a master's in political science at UBC and then you graduate studies at Sussex University. That's right, yeah. Is that where you learned all your business advice? No, it's really interesting. I started being interested, as many, many people would be, you know, just sort of how does the world work? So I looked at politics yeah. and a lot of that was inspired by, you know, the, if you have good teachers in a certain subject, a lot of times that you gravitate toward that That's because right. they make it interesting. But I started to understand, you couldn't understand politics without understanding economics. Then I felt, oh, you can't understand economics if you don't understand business. And then I went further and, and did a lot of work on taxation, because I realized that so much for individuals and businesses is what's a taxation regime. So yeah. that was sort of the path I took. All of it was to sort of see, you know, as they said in Fiddler on the Roof, money makes the world go round. Yeah. And uh, you know, other, what is it, you know, in the mafia they say follow the money, whatever it is. Yeah. But you do find out that all of the issues that we're dealing with today, and we could be talking healthcare, you could be talking the environment, uh, obviously personal finances, sovereign debt, all of it comes back to money. All of it comes back. I mean, if everything was free, or, or, or for this unlimited amounts of money, we wouldn't be talking about healthcare reform. No, you know, I mean, sure. and, and pension problems and sure. all of these others. So I do still believe that economics fundamentally drives a heck of a lot of our lives and what we talk about. There's no question about it. And I think that's why people listen to your show. But what people maybe don't realize is you, you went out of all the, the highfalutin learning into doing stuff yourself. I mean, yep. at one point you ran one of the biggest waffle factories. Yeah, no, I, I, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, having experience in business and... Yeah. Uh, Dear you have an equity magazine. That's editor, right. I had done a business and then magazine. And you worked as a stockbroker and you were yeah. in New York and, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, and we started our own business. A partner of mine, uh, a terrific fellow, Ole Elmer, unfortunately he's passed away. But we started, uh, I had an idea. And it was before private label was yeah. private label. You know, yeah. we didn't yeah. know what that was. Yeah. And he and I were talking and I said, let's do private label. And I explained, you know, why I thought that was good. And he was a chef and tremendous worker, tremendously uh, bright guy and he said well let's do it with waffles yeah. and so we did and we rolled out and became the biggest private label waffle company 
in North America. It's amazing. And I say thanks to him, by the way. I was good at the finance part, but... Well, I think you had something to do with it, yeah. absolutely. But, I mean, you came from sort of Annesis Island and you moved yes. back to the factory. Uh, well, we had Annesis Island. We went back east first uh, uh, to Moncton, New Brunswick. Yeah. We went with Premier uh, McKenna there, and he enticed us to come back. Uh, and so we set up another factory there because our distribution was getting big and we couldn't do it all from the Vancouver area, you yeah. know. So then we moved, we added that. Then we added another one in um, Brantford, Ontario, just outside of Toronto. Same thing, it's all about distribution. Well, the interesting thing to me is that that's why to me you're so, uh, and forgive me to make your head swell, but you're no. so brilliant because these waffles that you then sent to the United States forced you also to look at the currencies. Uh, we, we did, I ever, did I ever get a first-hand thing? I was just thinking about this because I think that uh, if you could only get one thing right, you'd get the U.S. dollar right because commodities are all priced in U.S. dollars and that kind of thing. But where it actually started, as I was at the University of Sussex in England, I had a scholarship and it was fixed though. Yeah. It was in Canadian dollars. So <laughs> every term, I, th I can't remember the number, but it was something like you got $1,500. Yeah and then you'd convert it to British pounds. Well, I noticed, without knowing anything about it, you know, uh, you know, four months later, a new term comes up. Well, I didn't get the same amount of pounds. And right. then the year after, oh my sure. goodness, did I ever not get it. <laughs> and it put me in touch with currencies. As you say, sure. if you're gonna be in the business of exporting, it was all about understanding yeah. currencies understand in the US and Canadian dollar. Hedging and, yeah. and, and then you also realize no matter how much you know or think you know, I mean I invested in the United States and uh, mm -hmm. I had some US dollars and I was going to bring them back and then I talked to you and I said, nah, nah I, would, I would wait, right? And yeah. then I, I followed it up, not that I didn't believe you, but I also <laughs> I thought I talked to Victor there and you both of you agreed that, you know, this is not the time. Yeah. And boy, did you make me a lot of money yeah. by, by doing nothing. Or well, doing I remember the, the, though, the when you, nothing thing. you started to talk about uh, after the financial crisis, the 2008-2009. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't long after. We are by 2011 and you were saying, I'm going to go look in Phoenix. Yes. And I remember saying, but thinking also, you're about to make a lot of money on the U.S. Ex currency exchange. And I think one of the things that I'm uh, proudest of, of what we've done on Money Talks yeah. is get these major trends right. Yeah. Because for most people, uh, they're not sitting there trading back and forth. That's not the majority. They're not even making investments very often. So if you get the big trend right, which in this case is when there was trouble in the world, sure. money went to the U.S. No question. And it's no. still happening, though, to this day. You still read people who are a little confused about why the U.S. dollars, at a, you know, at the levels it is, you know, near high. You've got the U.S. stock market and the U.S. bond market at near highs. It's all about where safety is. Sure. And so that's the fundamentals that I understood about how currencies move. And, and that is so true. I think Martin Armstrong talked about that, I guess, 20 years ago when he oh, was at the original shows. By the way, those original shows, you took them to Kelowna and you took them to Victoria, yep. right? The, 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 the World Outlook Financial Conference went even to the smallest center. Yeah, well, Martin Armstrong is who I consider the best economic yeah. forecaster in the world. And so uh, he didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, I chatted with him not that long ago and saying, have you forgiven me yet? He said, about what? I said, we went from Vancouver to Victoria yeah. and took one of those small, like six or eight seaters yeah. up to Prince George. <laughs> then I took him over to Calgary, yeah. up to Edmonton. You know, yeah, yeah we used to do, yeah. and we still do an Outlook conference, of yeah. course, uh, yeah. which you've appeared at uh, numerous times. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a way of having people focus their attention for just a couple of days, hearing some of the best people yeah. that you can find in the English-speaking world. And but the thing was, it, also, it was also so sell-out everywhere. Oh, absolutely. I remember I joined yep. you in Kelowna, I joined I you in Victoria, and, and the rooms were packed. And I think that's why you said, you know what, 
we're going to do one and we're going to go the biggest one and we do it the best yeah. way. And I, yeah. I don't think you've ever had less than 1,200 people. Yeah, we've, sell out. Out. we've been lucky we've sell out, but I think part of that is uh, if you, one of the, the, the things I bring to the table is after doing and, and having the opportunity to interview people and chat with people in the business for, I hate to think how long, Ozzy, I really do. I mean, I, I didn't have gray hair and, and now it's far enough away that I can claim things like I was good looking when I started this stuff and no one can really check that out. You need historical records for that. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll can tell you, you're still very good looking. Oh, yeah. Like that. But you now you have to reciprocate. Uh. Yeah, well, you, th that's why I'm glad it's a podcast and of course everyone listening today knows how good looking you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, But they don't know that you're wearing lederhosen yeah. right now, which is just added to the <laughs> theater big, of the mind. That's still a big, big dark secret. There. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, I just remember uh, get, uh, deciding that let's do it there because then you, and literally I sit back and say, who's got the track record? Who's yeah. really good at what they're doing? And fortunately you form relationships and they've been lucky enough to come out to Vancouver. Well, and the, the thing is when I look at uh, there, is, there seems to be such confusion. You know, for me, yes. going to the United States is relatively easy because that's exactly what I looked at uh, is that the money, if I'm a Belgian pension fund manager and I want to mm -hmm. invest a billion dollars, do I do it in the euro or do, it, or mm -hmm. do it in the Chinese currency who probably is going to drop its currency to offset the tariffs or whatever? Yep. No, uh, let me go for safety. I go to the States. And at the time, I have a slide and, and my own slide shows where take that France's economy is Texas, uh, is uh, California and Canada mm -hmm. is Texas and all the world's economy together. Yep. You have a country like that that has a gross national product like that and I'm running away. So we went, yeah, we went into Phoenix and we did very well. But the key was that I did a lot better because you looked at the overall picture and said the US dollar is going to go up because of all that money flowing in there. Well, it's one of the interesting things. It depends, obviously, if you're a doctor and you're trying to diagnose someone and they've got a heart condition, you keep looking at their feet. You're looking at the wrong thing. So if you understand yeah. that what you're really looking at is when someone says to me, Ozzy, hey, Mike, where's gold going? All yeah. they're asking me is, is money going to flow into gold or is money flowing out of gold? It's right. always about where the money's flowing to see where an investment and economies too. I mean, if you own a store, and someone says, is it going to do well? And I go, well, are there people and money coming into the store? Yes. Oh, you'll do better. Sure. And if no one's coming in the store and they don't have money? No. It, countries, it's, yeah, I know that sounds uh, simplistic, but it's no, it's actually the foundation of understanding why things move when they move. So for example, people get confused by politics sometimes or policies in politics. And I say, just ask yourself, did that encourage money to come in yes. or did that encourage money to go out? Absolutely. And, and there really is no other way around that. And then, then you dig down deeper. Like if money's coming into the States, for example, you'll think, okay, but where is it coming? When you look at real estate, uh, you always go, okay, so I want to look again where the money and the people are going. And sure, then you decide, okay, right. this is a good place. Yeah. And they'll have reasons around that. That's the next level. Uh, the first understanding is where's the money flowing? No question, man. People will, will say that values go where people go yes. and they go where the jobs are because the jobs give you the money mm -hmm. to have a life, right? Yeah. And and so the, the interesting thing is those basic principles. So you've taken them a step further because on your radio show, you bring in guests from all different aspects yes, of, of finance, this, yeah. the spectrum. And so if I'm a stock market enthusiast, well, you have all sorts of different looks at the stock market with the other experts mm -hmm. even. And then you have your own opinion, which people really yep. value because today's hosts, all of, the, all of the time, they're on the one hand this and on the other hand that. Mm -hmm you're very, very clear about which direction we're going to go. And right now you're starting to think, 
Hang on to your hats a bit. Well, I think we're in the transition phase. You know, we were very clear in March of 2009, get money in the U.S. stock market. Never changed. Every time we had a big dip, you might remember in late November, December of 2018 uh, of last year, what we had was a huge drops in the markets. And I remember very clearly saying, it'll be a buying opportunity early in the new year, you know, at the end of December, because tax loss selling will be finished and we'll all pile in. But it came from the fundamental understanding that we're not finished that trend of money coming to the US. But as you've just said, now we're at an interesting part. I think that ends in, in about two years. Okay. But before it ends, you're still gonna get way more problems in Europe and money's gonna come sure. into the States. Yeah. So I think it ends with a spike. Like, uh, you know, we've watched a strong US dollar against the Euro, for example. And my, my, my bet is we ain't seen nothing yet. It won't be a straight line, but we'll, and maybe dilly-dally, especially uh, with a lot of volatility in the first six months of this coming year, 2020, but there will be another push of money coming from other parts of the world, whether it's emerging markets who've got tremendous debt problems. Sure. Uh, you know, if you're in China, and I remember when uh, the upper end of the Vancouver uh, real estate market was going up, as it was in Melbourne and Sydney and Singapore sure. and New York and San Francisco, and a lot of people were analyzing it and going, gee, that's way above people's income. And I'm going, that's not what this no, is about. No, no. Do you trust, you know, if you had a lot of money and sure. you're in China, do you trust the Chinese government? We're about to see another phase of that. How anyone would stay in Hong Kong now? Yeah. And keep in no. mind, as you know, there's 300,000 Canadians there. Exactly. We're predicting 100,000 so, of which will end up right yeah. back here in the lower So, so I know right away that Singapore will do fine, you know, because yeah. that'll be a, a, a big choice for if you're going to stay in the, uh, the yeah. Far East. Yeah. You know, Australia, yeah. Canada, and Vancouver being the number one destination, yeah. that money's still going to flow. And it's not, and it, this is what it's kind of interesting. If you had, uh, I'll just use this as an example, if you had $100 million and you were worried about the Chinese government, you don't really worry whether you're paying $1 million or $2 million more than maybe market value would be. Sure. You're trying to safety. protect your it's safety. safety. We saw that, by the way, uh, when Ukraine was invaded. $64 billion went into the London real estate market sure. within six months out yeah. of Ukraine. That made sense. Why are you well, staying there? We, we, we use the organization for foreign investment in real estate. It's mm -hmm. an international organization and they rate countries on safety and health and yep. all these kind of things. Well, Canada went from number 11 to number three right yeah. after the US and Germany, just on the question of safety. Yes. And so when we are rated like that, and so I look at that from the point of view, will people come here with their money? And that means mm -hmm. the real estate recover. And so the guy goes into Dubai or Germany and to Berlin and to his financial advisor, where would you go? And I said, well, what's your motivation? Jesus, I've got to get out of here. Well, then you might want to take a look at Canada, safe yeah. banks, political system. Uh, Michael, you and I may not like what we see sometimes, but, no, but it's absolutely. safe. The outsider says, I put my money in the bank Friday. It's still there on Monday, maybe in China. It's not. Yeah, but one of the things you're pointing to, it's, it's all relative. It doesn't mean what my absolute opinion. And by the way, I don't think my opinions are valuable. The money's already telling me where it's going. You know, I mean, I don't like rain either, but I noticed it still rains in Vancouver. <laughs> you know, so it's really a tough thing when people come to the various investment markets. Uh -huh that that kind of opinion doesn't work. You have to have something else going for you. So it's a relative decision where your money's gonna be. It's gotta be somewhere. One of the questions I'm getting now is, gosh, I'm worried about some of the things I'm seeing. Where should I put my money? Right. So they're asking me to compare the UK with the Brexit yeah. uncertainty. They're asking me to compare that with Singapore, with, and that's sure. what international capital does. No question, and you look in Germany now, how can anybody put their money down for 30 years on a negative basis, oh. it, it just eye-opening, eye-popping. 
Now, here's an interesting thing, though. You brought up one other aspect, which is which is mind blowing to people is a negative yield bond, which yeah. is just simply give me a million dollars and I will guarantee to give you 950,000 back in five or 10 years, whatever yeah. the negative rate aren't is. Aren't you happy now? Yeah. So, but this is interesting because people aren't doing that. Right. There's not another side to that equation. So it's the European Central Bank has stepped in and yeah. is buying and selling the bonds. That is such a fantastic point. I had I, nobody ever said that before. Yeah. I mean, everybody says, well, why would anybody do it? Well, they're not doing they're it. They're not doing it. And that's why their bond market's broken. But I'll give you another thing that leads to another big, big issue here. And that is money's out of circulation. So let's say you are in Germany yeah. and you do have a billion dollars. Right. And you're saying, I'm not buying that negative yield bond. Right. So now what are you doing? Well, you'll move it to the States to get a better yield. Yes. Or maybe you keep it in safekeeping somewhere because you yeah. say, well, I may need the cash right here. Yeah. So I'm going to keep it in a safety deposit bar or, you know, the equivalent of a safekeeping. Sure. Yeah. Well, that money's not circulating. And we're seeing signs of that problem, a liquidity so, problem yeah. already. And that's what's so fascinating when you said a few minutes ago that I'm a little worried about what's coming. That's, yeah. the, undermi that's the underlying reason. I'm worried about liquidity. Yeah, and the, the, the outcome is so silly. You look in Denmark, for instance, you're going to get a 10-year mortgage, 10-year mortgage at minus. So yeah. you're actually paying back less. Yes. Not much less, only nine. nine yeah, yeah. No, million fair, or fair maybe enough. But it's like free money, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason is, of course, they, they're granting this uh, this logical uh, negative interest rate. Yeah. So they have to be logical to you if you got it at point half a percent below. Yeah. It's silly. I mean, any person on the street, you ask them that, is this a good business decision? They got to say, this is idiotic. Yeah, to be the lender. Yeah. That's right. They yeah. want to be the borrower at <laughs> yeah. that side. If they're asking me there yeah. on two fronts, yeah. I would rather be a borrow, oh, yeah. a borrower there. Yeah. But wait, then I'd put the money in the States. I wouldn't actually buy there. That's it. I'd borrow yeah. there and move it. You may not get much in the States, but you are getting a return. And the euro is going to be much less. So yeah. you're going to convert yeah. it back. Yeah. I still think Europe has so many chapters to run here. I mean, yeah. their banking system's in trouble. I yeah. think one of the big underlying stories is Deutsche Bank. Uh, but you've also got the uncertainty. We have, uh, you know, British election results, but then it's going to be Brexit. And then what does Brexit look after it goes through? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's just so much. They have a brand new head of the European Central Bank. Yeah. Christine and Lagarde. Like, print, print, print. Uh, yes. Then you're going to, you know, Mark Carney, who's the head of, you know, the equivalent yeah. of the Central Bank in the UK. He's he's resigning, yeah. as is Stephen Polos not seeking yeah. a second term. Yeah. There's a lot of changes coming. Yeah, and then of course the British. Uh, he is, he used to be our finance minister. Yes, he was always with the very or, or uh, central banker. A central yeah. banker. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the world is an interesting place now. I think I saw you recently put out a piece of paper in which you said there is so much very specifically tough going on in the world, yeah. and nobody talks about it. For instance, the idea that you were talking about that in September overnight borrowing rates uh, yes. had a ma magic well, performance. Well, in case people aren't aware of this, yeah. So September sixteenth. One night, you know, money is lent overnight. You know, one bank to another bank. They'll lend yeah. the money overnight. Well, all of a sudden, someone said, "I don't want to lend. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I believe yeah. you that you're giving it back to me the next day." Exactly. So they stopped. Yeah. Well, they said, "Okay, well, it's. I was going to borrow at two percent. What if I give you three? No. Four? No. Eight? No." It went to ten yeah. percent. This is a really key point for people to understand. It's quite mind blowing. Can you imagine if? You're borrowing where it was 2% today and 10% tomorrow. Right. Well, that's literally that's a, what happened. It's a 500% increase. Yeah. So the central bank had to step in because no one was willing to lend. And the Federal Reserve stepped in and started to do the lending. They're still doing it up to today. It's months later. 
it's still about uh, 60 billion 70 billion a month you know going in there yeah. to keep liquidity in that marketplace and that's the, the real uh, thing here is faith is going but I don't yeah. have any faith to get the money back right but that, that's the key you know if somebody yeah. said what's the underlying movement of everything it's about confidence and the biggest trend in the world today mm -hmm. uh, is the lack of confidence right and it's increasing in government and one of the other big stories we're seeing is keep in mind we had the yellow vests you know protests in France right they've given way to the pension change protests yeah they're just pensions just are fascinating yeah. because it's it doesn't matter which political party you support there still is this number of people retiring we have a good idea through actuarial accounting how long they're gonna live what we've promised to pay them in pensions and what we got and if there's a big gap, you got a problem. Now, I want to just be clear: in Canada, our Canada pension plan is secure; mm -hmm. it's it's well funded. In the states, their social security is not well funded. No. What they're talking about in France is uh, Emmanuel Macron has said, "Wait a second, we can't have you people can't retiring at 50 or 55." <laughs> yeah. And that's what literally that yeah. was a huge problem. And a four-day week, and a, yeah, know, all that and stuff. And in 2010, when we had Greece start going yeah. down, that was one of the big issues. We've made promises about pensions yeah. that we can't keep. That is what, uh, when we mention again, that's the kind of stuff that's going to become way more obvious in the next two to three years. Well, and that, that's really the point on the euro too. I mean, th that Greece example is a good example. Yep. They went on strike a million people oh. because the retirement age was dropped from 50. They wanted it from 55 to 52 and yeah. they only wanted to leave it. At the same time, Germany went from 65 to 67. 67. Yep. And there you can really see why the euro is wonky because yep. somebody is carrying the freight and somebody else isn't. Yep. You know, well, it's Club Med, as Victor calls it. You know? <laughs> no, but one of the things that we said very clearly in, on Money Talk was in 2010 that Greece was the canary in the coal mine yeah and it was very hard for people to grasp that the European Union was going to come apart well now it has I mean Britain's leaving mm -hmm. you know so right. that's the first step and we've also talking about it yeah we also have lots of anti-EU governments elected throughout Europe you know Italy's struggling there Austria Poland they've got huge problems there so that's why I'm saying Europe's not done yet and the thing that I'd, I'd love to get across to people is tomorrow morning you can wake up with another major news event. A lot of this stuff is bubbling under the surface. Yeah. You know, which one, which state or city in the U.S. is going to follow with not paying their pensions? Because we already know Chicago's hopeless. Stockton is already, Stockton, California. Detroit had huge problems. Atlantic City, Puerto Rico. It's still not bubbled to the surface in people's consciousness. So I just sit there going, well, wait till Illinois goes or Kansas City Teachers Fund because yeah. the Dallas Police and, uh, Police and Firemen's Pension Fund's sure. in trouble. You know, it's that kind of thing that starts. Well, and, and it's it's so vital. Uh, the, 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 I'm surprised uh, somebody, and I, I wrote about it in my Ozbuzz newsletter about somebody was saying that uh, people are out on strikes and that's a bad thing. And I said, what it does show to me is that inflation, I, I, I talk about mm -hmm. the most unreported inflation of all times in hard assets. Yes. While at the same time, we can have an outright deflation in commodities, which we've had. Mm -hmm. It's new. It's not the 30s. This is the yeah. 2020s. But the point I'm trying to make is that if we are concerned about uh, the outcome for us ourselves, uh, you take a, cup, a couple right now to earn $50,000. They cannot meet ends meet. 
Food yeah. is up 17%, not two. Yeah. Parking is up, rent is up 200%. So you're looking at the inflation, the cost inflation, and they're being told the headline inflation and the yes. core inflation. And they say, I don't care. So they go to their boss, I, I want to raise. And he says, well, here's 2%. Yeah. Well, 2% doesn't hack it. And so we're going to see just on that level alone, we will see much more massive engagement by the individual saying, I just got to have more pay. Yeah. But it, it's fascinating to see that uh, the cost of living was the number one issue on several polls coming into yeah. the Canadian federal election. Yeah. And what they're looking at, and we've just got another great example where we have the federal government announcing a reduction in income tax, you know, and after four years, it'll save a family of four, six hundred dollars, an individual yeah. three hundred. But fair enough. At the same time, depending what city you're in, yeah. they're raising property taxes. On everybody. In, you know, where you are. On 9%. Uh, yes, I was going to say, where you are is 9%. Yeah. But that's just one example. Oh, yeah. so that chunk of whatever I gained from the federal level has yeah. now been eaten up municipal. But as you said, that list just keeps going on. Yeah. I, I mean, it could be if you're in a mandatory insurance uh, jurisdiction like uh, people in British Columbia are. Yeah. That was another huge jump, you know, three times the rate of inflation, uh, you know, the official yeah. inflation. So, the, and as you say, uh, that's where the back to the Canadian dollar. People say, well, I, you know, I'm not interested in that stuff. I say, well, that, I don't mind. We just know when your groceries go up, yeah. your currency is playing a big role. Just like it's more expensive to travel elsewhere, especially sure. the US, Absolutely. you've noticed it doesn't buy you as much when you convert your dollars. So all of this stuff is coming to play for individuals. Yeah, no question. Mm -hmm. In the United States, as you say, it's city to city is the problem. The funny thing is in the United States, you have 5,000 banks that also trade on an overnight yes. basis. And now I really know you, you're, on a, you're a small bank, I'm not, never give you any yeah. money. And that's what happened in 2008. 100%. We at least only have five banks here. So it, you know, it's, we are more well, smaller banks uh, notwithstanding, but a small amount of banks that are much better financed. I think that's, the, by the way, the number one uh, risk I see is a systemic risk of liquidity. And that's what you've just described, is that all of a sudden, I'm not making my money available. No. And that's what happened with those overnight lending rates from 2% to 10%. I always say, that's what a no bid market looks like. There's right. nobody on the other side. Right. I'd, rather, I'd rather keep my money. I've lost confidence. Yes. As you said, uh, you know, when it came to 2008 and the credit crisis, what the problem was is that you're going, I don't know if, if you've already lent money to no. Bear Stearns, so right. I, I can't lend you anymore. No. It I looks better in my it. pockets. Yeah. That's the problem, and that's the problem I see going forward, which, by the way, for real estate, here's the thing that it's important, or, or borrowing, yeah. is I get asked this, well, where will interest rates go? I said, it won't be the central bank that raises interest rates. Right. Central banks do not control the bond market. Right. Uh, they can, you know, they're very, very short-term rates are they influencing. But they don't control whether Aussie jerks prepared to lend $10,000 right. To a company or a government, they don't control that. Particularly long term, or yeah. for five years or two. And if you start losing confidence, yeah. you yourself start right. losing confidence. You go, you know, just for now, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's how rates spike. So that's why I said at the time yeah. that that overnight lending rate spike was incredibly instructive, and it was a warning. Well, and I think that's why people are going to your show, because nobody else talks about this kind of stuff. The other thing, of course, is you're also, I think for months you've been talking about the liquidity problem at the Deutsche Bank, for instance. Yes. And, and so you, you look at these milestones that really say, yes, hey, that bank yeah. is in trouble. Yeah, when I, I, I start with a big picture. There's lots of ways of doing this. But I start with a big picture saying, okay, so where's money flowing, where the problems are? I've got to get the currency right. And I've got to get where that currency is going. So you get the U.S. dollar right, 
that it was easy to get, okay, they're going, why did they go to quality US stocks first? It's because it's like brand name stuff. I reckon, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm worried I'm in, you know, I'm in Brazil, I'm in Argentina, I'm in Ecuador, and I'm sitting there going, I wanna move my money into the stock market in the US, so I'll go to names I recognize. So right. that's why we said that level was gonna move first, and then it flows down. As sure. people look for deals, they go, Gosh, that that uh, Amazon's pretty darn expensive. You know that yeah. Facebook's pretty or uh, Apple. So I'll now look for a second tier stuff. But the the real key is so you get that part right, and then you sort of start. I, as I say, my approach is to start with that because if you do get that right, you're going to be okay. It's just mm. like real estate. When you predict, okay, uh, Phoenix, and you got in there in 2011, 2012 sure. aggressively. Well, it really didn't matter what you bought. Can no. you find anything that didn't? That's what I mean. You got the big picture right. Yeah. And yes, your expertise can now drill down yeah. and do better. You are always going to be fine there. There's two points there. Like, first of all, in Phoenix, you could buy something for 70000 and yeah. it rents for 1000 yes. So you have cash flow. You can weather Perfect. all storms. Yeah. At the same time, uh, say the magazines like The Economist, are they always matching every, everything to affordability. Yeah. So if the rental value is is only this and then prices should mm -hmm. be that, never worked. UBC yeah. has a study out that in Vancouver for almost 50 years, we never were affordable. We yes. always needed That's to have what that. I'm saying. So yes. you want to live in New York. Or, or, so those things notwithstanding though, those big moves like Deutsche Bank doing, we have a liquidity crisis, we have a pension problem, social unrest, yeah. we got European banking problems and emerging market and all that. Now, we got to you got to tell me what we're going to do about it. I know yeah. that you have a mega conference come up. Yeah. Where almost every one of these subjects is on a fund forefront Absolutely. as to how number one you make money still but number two very importantly how not to lose money yeah. in 2020. So you're absolutely right. You've got to get these trends correct. And so this trend is st we're still in play the trend that you've been witnessing since uh, really somewhere 2009 2010. Money's still going to the US. The US dollar the strongest. What I'm looking for is a turning point. Let me explain that. Uh, so if you're sitting there in, in Brazil, are you saying I'm gonna move my money to Venezuela? Of course not. <laughs> so you're making a choice and you're yeah. saying, okay, the US is safest. But you gotta get that nobody's choosing Europe. No one's choosing the yen. At this point, they're certainly not choosing the British pound. Well, Canada's like a blip. We, we, Canada can't be a first choice for major amounts of money. Sure. So it's still gonna be the US. But here's the thing, what happens when the pension crisis hits the US, as an example, right. and Illinois has a problem, or Chicago has a problem. And again, I'll come back to real estate, just so you know. So Chicago has about a, what is it, a $30 billion public sector pension shortfall. 30 the, billion. Yeah, the city oh, itself. <laughs> so they've been raising property taxes. Yeah. So that means people don't wanna buy their real estate there after a while. So that affects the real estate market. You gotta know these things. Warren sure. Buffett said, don't put any money in a state that has a major pension liability because they can only solve it by reducing the pension or raising taxes or both. So it, didn't make it uh, doesn't make it attractive. But yeah, we'll be talking about these major trends because at some point, and this is the point I'm looking for, people will go, I don't like the US either. I don't like Europe and I don't like Japan, you know, no. but I don't like the US either. No. Then what's the next phase? That's when they come and say, I don't like paper currency. Right. I like something else. Uh, and I suspect that that kicks off the next commodity bull market. And which then you we have may to be speak seeing, on that. Yeah, have, we'll be talking about exactly that because we may have been seeing inklings of this uh, in the gold market. There's some big money's moved into gold and that big money doesn't care what it does in the next no, two years. They right. care what it does in the next 10 years. I take the long so they're just, yes, so they're just taking yeah. some positions there. But it's a position that says, I don't like paper currency. 
Right. So at the conference, you've got, you know, we want to set you up to have your assets in the right areas, to know what points you're looking for to get out. I mean, uh, you mentioned Victor Adair. One of the things I love about Victor's work as a trader, he would never enter something without knowing the get out point. And I always say that with cringing myself because talk about learning a lesson the hard way. I mean, can I just stand up now and beat my head against the wall? Because I think I did that. There's a great guy named Dan Millman who wrote a thing called The, War, uh, the Peaceful Warrior. Then yeah. he wrote a follow-up, The Warrior Athlete. And he had a, th a saying that says there's seven major lessons in the universe. Yeah. The key is how often do you have to learn them? Yeah. Well, I took that immediately <laughs> to the investment markets. Like yeah. there's, there's only a few things you have to really do right. It's how often do you have to learn it? Yeah. So when I talk about knowing your exit point, that's cool. one of the things I had to relearn, you yeah. know, and it really becomes a case of when are you going to learn this? But that's the key. Victor is also a day trader, so yeah. he has to be really sure. But I, I preach the same thing as an investor in real estate. This is how I get in. This is what I'm looking for. Under what circumstances can I sell and still make a profit? A great example from real estate, though, um, is that you would look at in-migration numbers, for example. Yes. So one of the things, so that means you can get these lulls in upward movement like you've seen in Vancouver yeah. over decades as you've pointed out mm -hmm. but it always ended up going higher sure. well no wonder because the population kept increasing sure. and money comes into that center and it comes into other centers sure. we can name them around yeah. the world that yeah. they become recipients like for example when the first when the foreign buyers tax was introduced in BC and I think it was July uh, late uh, August 1st of yeah. 2016 off the right. top of my head well, you and I talked right away. Oh, good. Seattle's about to go up. Exactly. You know, well, and then when Toronto yeah. and Vancouver get together and put in these restrictions, oh, Montreal's going to go. It's not that tough. But the thing is that all of these markets, and we talked about that on the, on the air last week, all of these markets are recovering big time. Yeah. Right? And so, so I made a speech to the developers conference in Surrey for the Board of Trade three weeks ago. And I said to them, look, you have 1,100 people coming to Surrey. There is a different opinion. It could be 1,200 mm -hmm. a month coming, but yep. they are coming. Yes. You've got 100,000 students that want to study. You have all of that stuff, and your real estate is relative in those terms, is still a good investment. Yep. No matter what's going to happen, inflation-wise or foreign buyers yep. tax and so on. So, so you'll be looking yep. at different markets on a specific way. What you do in the show, you're doing it. If you attend that show on a Friday night and a Saturday, there's no way that you're not going to leave on Saturday afternoon saying, you know what, I got my answer because yeah. I, may, I may have a gold interest and somebody else yes. has a silver interest and somebody else wants to know what about the oil stocks, the energy stocks have been beaten down, is now the time to go in? All of these mm -hmm. kind of questions, where can you go in one spot on one weekend and for literally a price of a dinner, get all the answers? And our goal is to make you a lot of money at that. For example, uh, every year for, gosh, it's a dozen years, we've put out what we call our small cap, small, you know, smaller company yeah. portfolio. We talk about other companies too. Well, last year, thanks to, uh, we work with uh, Keystone Financial and they do a terrific job. That's why they're there. I mean, I chose them for that reason, but it's up 61% this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's always been double digit. Uh, I'll, I'll go to something you di you've done over the years. Look at the markets that you fundamentally have recommended. And as, as much as I like you, believe me, I'm looking at the track record. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, yeah. you know. Um, but you, you were first in the Phoenix area. Then you said, okay, we better get into Vancouver. This is going back uh, seven, eight years. I, right. I can't remember off the top of my head. You know, going back a big sure. chunk. Then, as I just said, we then started to talk about, you know, Seattle's going to do well, yeah. you know. And then you said, well, get out of this one here. Well, the track record's excellent. 
and that's what I think your speakers, you select them well. Yes. I mean, nobody is perfect. You know, no. even you on occasion may have uh, overestimated some. No, I, no I absolutely. Uh, no, I, <laughs> he was, you, yeah. you cannot see this, dear listeners, but he was just frowning at me. Yeah. Said, me? Me yeah. wrong? No, yeah. but the point is exactly that. Not Nobody is perfect all the time. You are more perfect than, than anybody else. I know, really, I mean that sincerely, because what you do is when you're wrong, you also say it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I believe this didn't happen, but most of the time you wake people up. To me, that conference, I've had the privilege being there over 20 years, and I stay for the whole conference, not yeah. just my speech. I want to be there and listen and learn and see all of these experts that you fly in from all over, and you even have a great conversation with uh, Martin, Martin Armstrong. Yeah. That uh, and, uh, yeah, and I think part of that is that also, I always ask, are your financial, I mean, a lot of people, I always joke, I know they have other things to do with their time, yeah. but can you give a Friday, a Friday and a Saturday, or a Friday from yeah. noon, yeah. Uh, and then Saturday till about four in the afternoon, right. are, is your financial stuff worth it? And, and my thing is, if it's not, well, that's fine. Here's the thing, though, I'll really make clear. The kind of stuff we've been talking about, it doesn't matter, there's a the old expression, it doesn't matter if you like economics, uh, you ignore economics and finance, they yeah. don't even ignore you. We're coming into a period where people have to be alert. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had an easy time in Canada. Think of, it has not been easy in Europe. No. You know, I mean, there are, there, let alone if we start talking about South America, and we start talking about certain parts of Asia. It's not going to be an easy time. And just doing some simple things correctly that we'll talk about at the conference will protect you from the kinds of things you were listing there, whether it's a pension crisis, a liquidity crisis, it's going to be huge. And so that's my big point is, no, don't spend 365 days a year, you know, on this stuff. Come for a weekend. And that's why I'm enthusiastic. I mean, every one of those speakers is worth the weekend. You no know, question, you're not going to get access to them. So I'm just saying. Well, and they're, and they're all there, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be there all day. I mean, like I say, I go from speaker to speaker, you know, because where can you get everybody that is anybody in the industry? Yeah. And then you sort of rub shoulders and saying, well, what about this thing? I, I happen to like copper. What do you think? Right? Yeah. I mean, where can you really drill down? Or if who you're drilling down with, maybe just a salesman in a local company. Nothing wrong with them, but there you have the leading speakers. So. Yeah. How do people buy, buy the ticket, Mike? It's really straightforward because um, the radio show is called Money Talks, but go right. mikesmoneytalks.ca. Right. And that's the key. It's mikesmoneytalks and it's .net, not .com. No, it's no? .ca. Mikesmoneytalks.ca. Oh, it's .ca. Yeah, okay. mikesmoneytalks.ca. And then you just go to events okay. and yeah. click on and it's right yeah. there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that straightforward. I understand the VIP tickets now, but, but almost two months ahead, they're almost sold out. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think the VIP tickets are sold out. But the regular ticket, the other thing we offer, because I'd love to get the chance to mention this, yeah. I've, very, I've been very critical of our education system for graduating a zillion uh, young people without any sophistication whatsoever, uh, unless an individual teacher stepped up. I don't know how we gain as a society by graduating people without any sophistication in economics exactly. and personal finance. I don't know yeah. where the win is on that. Oh, we're better off. That's nonsense. Yeah. So we always have set aside a block of tickets. Yeah. And that is if you come and you bring a young person in your yeah. life. Uh, it's a great sharing weekend. I think it's a yeah. wonderful thing that way. It makes a great Christmas present. And, you know, come to, you know, if you're out of town, come on in and spend yeah. the weekend here and go and see it. But I'm really keen. Uh, one of the things when I look at some of the policies that are seeing passed around the world, and they've clearly been wrong. 
because no one in Europe set, stood up and said, hey, you know what? I got a way to get that unemployment rate way up there. <laughs> I got a way to have a banking crisis. Oh. I got a way to have a sovereign debt oh. crisis. No, they didn't. All right. But the public supports things like this because they don't have the sophistication. If you if you don't know about this stuff, where are you going to learn it? All right. Okay. So it's very important. And so, anyways, I go on and on. You can tell I'm no, passionate no. about young people yes. getting exposure. This is a great place. Oh. We're putting our money where remote is. Oh. You buy a ticket. You have to tell us. Oh. I'm bringing someone. What I like is, you know, you have these young people. They're interested. They're not just coming there because dad says you must be there. No. And they ask questions and they have a real interest and like yeah. you say, we don't teach it. We don't bring no. bring this self-confidence in, in monetary uh, environment. Yeah. The young girls that uh, are going to be married, they're going to manage household finance Absolutely. and whatnot. And, and their own is they get careers and so. they build them and they want to make investments or yeah. they want to buy a house, yeah. uh, you know, or an apartment. Yeah. Uh, all of these things. The yeah. currency, to get that right alone. Sure. You know, I'm, yeah. going to, I'm going to the U.S. Uh, next year, sure. when's a good time to convert? Right. You know, or I'm going to Europe. Uh, no, so just just wait on Europe because you'll be able to buy a country there <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you'll be unhappy you yeah. got it. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I put always in the newsletter, you know, that there are some places in Europe you can buy real estate and at the same time get a passport. And uh, so usually people say, well, is Portland, Portugal better or mm -hmm. Spain? But last week I got an inquiry says, why on earth would I go there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought, well, okay. Yeah. Well, Michael, look, it's been a genuine pleasure to have you here uh, because um, very rarely do we get, get a chance to get an overall view as to what your conference is all about and, and why the experts are there. So it's mikesmoneytalks.ca that yep. you have to go to, click on the events button, buy a ticket, and if you do, you're going to see us both there. Yes, so, absolutely. Thank yep. you very much, Mike. Thanks, Ozzy. My pleasure.